This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. I got to be honest with you, though. Full disclosure, it feels like a Thursday. Like, I had to double check. Harvey, do you get the Thursday feels at all today, or is it just straight up Wednesday for you? No, for me, it's Wednesday. It's still Wednesday. It's all right, so Wednesday. I'm on an island. You know what? I'm on an island by myself. That's fine. I don't care. I'm used to it. Okay? No harm, no foul there. But we'll play along. We'll play your silly reindeer games. It's Wednesday for the purpose of scheduling. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Not one, but two big hours of radio outstandingness today for you and I. We take it right up until 8.30. And then we got a little thing called Nick's pregame because the Knickerbockers are going to be taking on the Utah Jazz kicking off a West Coast swing and really the beginning of, I don't know if I should say beginning of, because it's been pretty challenging up until this point, but it's like the continuation of scheduling hell for the New York Knickerbockers. I think that that's a good way to put it, right? I mean, that's pretty, I think it's a pretty honest evaluation as to how things have gone. And it's not going to get any easier from now and until the end of the month of December. And we'll get into it in depth a little bit later on in the program here. But tonight is one of those games that on paper, when you look at what lies ahead for the Knicks, not just on this road trip, but as I said, for the remainder of the 2023 calendar year, tonight is one of those games that on paper looks to be very, very winnable for them, like should win the game. And so you have to take advantage of those opportunities. I mean, A, Utah's not very good. B, they're banged up. No Jordan Clarkson, no John Collins. They're not going to play. Laurie Markkinen's back in the lineup tonight, who kills the Knicks, even going back to his Bulls days, okay? He's missed the last eight games with a hamstring issue, so you don't know at what capacity he's going to be, but this is a game the Knicks should win. We'll have it covered for you here for the rest of the night uh, on 98.7 ESPN. If you want to get me up uh, on X, feel free to do so. At Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. So a lot of things we're going to cram into the next couple of hours. And we're going to make the most of it because, and let's get the housekeeping stuff out of the way, this is our penultimate show of 2023. And for those that can't run to the dictionary fast enough, penultimate meaning our second to last show of the year. Because we have a full show tomorrow night, and then after that, I'm Mr. TMKS guy with my buddy Don LaGreca for Friday and for all of next week. And then we take a little R&R that last week and enjoy some uh, holiday respite before coming into 2024 with a bang. So tonight, tomorrow full show, and then it's me and Don on TMKS for the next six days to close out the year after that. So a lot of things that we got to get to here, and we'll hit up with the football because it's been a tough season in this city. For the two locals. I mean, it goes without saying. Jets 5-8, and eight, Giants 5-8. and eight. But all of a sudden, things seem a little bit sunnier, right? Giants riding a three-game winning streak. I thought that game the other night against the Green Bay Packers, it surprised me. I told you before the game, I didn't think the Giants would win. I didn't think they'd beat Green Bay. And they did an outstanding job, but they pulled it out in the end. And so they're riding a little bit of a momentum wave right now. Jets, hey, in the monsoon, which is... What else is new? Because all it does is rain when the Jets play, especially home games. But Zach Wilson went out there and played like a guy that the Jets thought he would be when they turned in that card, and his name was uh, the number two overall pick back in 2021. Probably the best game that he ever played. And they make C.J. Stroud look like a guy who was a undrafted free agent as supposed to a number two overall pick in the draft and the front runner for the offensive rookie of the year. Everything came together for one week, and now you start to maybe have a little bit of hope And the word that I want to use for both of these teams, and I don't necessarily think it's such a bad thing. Maybe some other fans do, but I'm not one of them. The Jets and Giants 
with four weeks left in the regular season, are providing fans with watchability, right? Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Because far too often in 2023, both of these football teams did not have that character trait. They were the complete opposite, right? The Jets and Giants gave you unwatchability for so many weeks. And especially the Giants, when they got off to that 2-8 and eight start and they had to play some guy named Tommy DeVito, who likes chicken cutlets, who lives at home, and he didn't know where the hell this guy came from. And the Jets, meantime, were going through quarterback number one, quarterback number two, quarterback number three, quarterback number four, back to quarterback number two, and, and your head is spinning. Like, when is it going to end? It didn't matter if you were a Giant fan, a Jet fan, you were kind of just hoping that, you know what, put me out of my misery. Get me to the finish line before something bad happens to me, right? Just be done with it. How much more can you take? Well, it's funny how things have changed, right? And I know that everybody has a different agenda. I get it. And I'd love to hear from you. I really and truly would. And explain to me why. At 800-919-3776. Like, if you're one of these fans that's actually disappointed, like if you're a Giant fan that's bummed out, that you've won three straight games and you're 5-8 and eight and now maybe you're jeopardizing where you're going to pick in the draft next April. Okay, tell me why. But on the flip side, if you're a Giant fan that has actually gotten some enjoyment out of watching this for the last three weeks and is captivated by this Tommy DeVito burst of energy and enthusiasm that he's brought to not just the franchise, but the locker room, to the fan base, to the national media, no matter what it is, you know what? Good for you. And on the flip side, when it comes to the Jets... I know that the optimism was pretty low going into that game last week. I mean, remember, Zach Wilson was already sent to the bench earlier this year, just a couple of weeks ago, for Tim Boyle. I don't even know what the hell Tim Boyle's doing right now. Good guy, but I don't know what he's doing. He's not, he's not playing quarterback on Sunday for some team. And now they bring Zach back in and say, all right, now go ahead, give it the old college try. And he plays the best game he's ever played in his life, at least in the NFL. You can't make this stuff up. Because at 4 and 8, Jet fans were probably saying to themselves, well, you know what? Now we've got to start looking at draft positioning. Hey, the Patriots won a game on Thursday night. Maybe the Patriots are going to finish strong. And maybe leapfrog the Jets in the AFC East, in the draft positioning, everything. But, guys, it's about winning, right? It's about winning games. And it goes back to what I just got done saying like a couple of minutes ago. These games at times this year have been unwatchable. And is that what you signed up for as a fan? I'm not talking about spending your money and like going to the games, even just like sitting at home, investing your time, watching it on TV, going to your buddy's house, going to a bar, giving your time. Time is money, people. Time is money. Trust me. And you invest a lot of it. And you take this stuff home with you. You're passionate. You wear your heart on your sleeve as a fan. This stuff sticks with you, maybe out the rest of the day, the next day, throughout the week in some cases. You want to see good results, don't you? And I don't know if you were a fan, for instance, and I can only speak from experience because I was in the building on Sunday. Seeing Zach Wilson go out there and play like he did, seeing the Jets win a game the way they did, the defense flying around the field again, finally getting rewarded for playing lights out. And on the positive end of a laugher for a change. How'd that not make you feel good? Giant fan, you're watching that game on Monday night. National TV, Buck and Aikman in the booth, ESPN. And Tommy DeVito brings them down the field. And they kick a game-winning field goal. I mean, come on. And then you wake up today, 
and you find out that the AFC and the NFC players of the week in the National Football League, not like the XFL or the CFL, or no, the NFL, Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito. Now, I'm not really a betting man, but if I would have told you back in August that week 14 of the NFL, the respective players of the week on offense in each conference were going to be Zach Wilson and Tommy DeVito, tell me what insane asylum you would have driven me to, right? Tell me how long would I have to be committed for? How thick would the padding be in the walls of that room that they're going to lock me up in and probably throw away the key for eternity? Because after all, Zach Wilson was a guy who was basically going to redshirt this season. He was going to be Aaron Rodgers' understudy. It was going to be Aaron Rodgers all the time if you're the New York Jets. That's all this thing was going to be about. And Zach Wilson was just going to stand aside and learn and absorb and soak it up and all those other things. Tommy DeVito... Guy was just a camp arm more than anything else. Ticketed for the practice squad if he was lucky. Giants had Daniel Jones. They gave him all that money in the offseason. He was their guy, at least for the next couple of years. Tyrod Taylor was the quote-unquote veteran backup who was going to be able to step in at a moment's notice if anything happened to Daniel Jones. Tommy DeVito. Who? What? Danny DeVito? What? Jersey Mike's? Huh? And fast forward to today. And these guys are on top of the world, at least for a week, because things could change in a heartbeat in the NFL. One week they love you, next week they're trying to replace you. It's the way it works, right? But at least it gives you some life, right? It gives you hope. It gives you something. Now the Jets go down to Miami coming up on Sunday. A Dolphins team that, dare I say, is reeling a little bit. How in God's name did they choke away that game on Monday night? By the way, I hate the two games side by side. And I know that everybody that defends it, they say, well, uh, that, that, that's what we do on Sundays. We watch a lot of games at the same time together. Yeah, you do, but not on Monday night. Not on Monday night. So, yes, I had the two screens side by side, but I still couldn't really absorb both of them at the same time. And then they kept cutting into the other one, and they had the two-box thing. It's like, guys, Stop. They didn't even know what to do with themselves. But nevertheless, the Dolphins squandered away a game much like the Cleveland Browns squandered away week two against the Jets last season with Joe Flacco in Cleveland. Right? Two touchdown lead with two minutes left in the game. Can't lose that. So how are the Dolphins going to respond from that this Sunday? Right? Tyreek Hill nicked up. Is he going to play? Who knows? Miami lost their starting center. He's out for the rest of the season. Or is this going to be a situation with the Dolphins where, you know what, they're going to be feeling a little down on themselves. Maybe the Jets take advantage of that. Maybe the Zach Wilson hype and the Zach Wilson momentum in this offense carries over another week. You know, we'll spend time the rest of the week breaking down the game as to what's going to happen or what needs to happen. But I will say this. They just played each other two weeks ago on Black Friday. And that was a 10-6 to football game, right? Right after the Brandon Eccles pick six, it was 10-6. to six. Jets just intercepted Tua for the second time in consecutive drives right before the half with two seconds left, and then we know what happened. But that was still a game. And now you got the Giants on their three-game win streak. They go down to New Orleans, and they are taking on an extremely, I can't stress this enough, an extremely beatable 
New Orleans Saints team where you got offensive linemen on the Saints who want to punch out Derek Carr on the field in front of 60,000 people. They're not really going to do that. They're not Draymond Green. More on him a little bit later, boys and girls. So the good vibes can continue for another week here with this football team, and that's all you want. So much of the season, so much of the hype, all that stuff has gone by the wayside for far too long. But you know what? You could still close. You could still close with something positive to send you into the offseason feeling good. You could celebrate the holiday season with your friends, your family, and your football team actually not wanting to make you vomit. And that's a win right there. So we got a lot of stuff to get into tonight. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. My good friend Anthony Becht, he knows a couple of things about football. He's going to join us at about 7.30, talk a little Jets-Giants and what else is going on around the league. Like I said, we're going till 8.30 tonight. Then we'll turn things over to Knicks basketball. They got the Utah Jazz game, one of their West Coast trip, a little bit later on. It is the Dan Grasso Show. It is the penultimate Dan Grasso Show for the calendar year 2023 in the year of our Lord. And you got it next right here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. The 2024 Navy Federal Credit Union NHL Stadium Series comes to MetLife Stadium this February. See the Flyers against the Devils on Saturday the 17th and the Rangers versus the Islanders on Sunday the 18th. Tickets are on sale right now at NHL.com slash Stadium Series Tickets. Enter for your chance to win tickets at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down to contest and submit your entry talking football zach wilson tommy devito jets giants and we started off with chris and beth page on 98.7 espn christopher how are you hey dan very good uh really appreciate your show um just bear with me i got a couple quick points that i want to make i'm a huge giants fan and Mm -hmm. um okay so I would say the top four teams in my mind right now that have the best chance of winning the Super Bowl, just in my mind, would be Baltimore, Dallas, Philly, and San Francisco. That's what I would say. If I had to push my money in, I'd put my money on one of those four teams to win the Super Bowl, okay? One thing they all have in common is they built their team through the draft very successfully, whereas they didn't have to take a quarterback in the top 15, top 10 they all have quarterbacks that would take in – I mean, I think Lamar Jackson is 
the highest of the picks, okay? And so Jalen Hurts was very... a second-round pick. Right, but the other – but remember, and... Dak, they lucked into Dak because they had Tony Romo, and Tony Romo got hurt, and Dak had to play, and obviously the Niners locked into or lucked into Brock Purdy. Right, okay. So, But the point I'm getting at is uh, this whole notion of – you know, and I know you, you're with me on this, this whole tanking thing and getting one of these top quarterbacks in the top five, that's going to turn everything around. Uh, name the last quarterback that was taken in the top five, not name Manning, that won a Super Bowl. I mean, really, I think I know the answer, but I think you have to go back to Troy Aikman. So the point I'm getting at is I really like the way, and people are losing fat, uh, sight of this mm-hmm. uh, with the Giants because of Tommy DeVito. They're losing sight of this. Uh, they're slowly building a good team. They're putting a lot of talent out there, okay? It's finally kicking in the second half with their defense. I mean, Deontay Banks is developing into a good player. Uh, you know, they brought Bobby, they brought Okereke over. Obviously, Dexter Lawrence is a good player. They're starting to put talent out there, the Giants, okay? And the offensive line, no sacks last week. The center they drafted, uh, Schmitz, plays great. They can run the ball in the interior now. Andrew Thomas is healthy. So things are starting to pick up, and people are all viewing it as like, oh, it's all Tommy DeVito, all Tommy DeVito. And I'm just saying that I'm noticing from the first half of the season to now, the giant talent is finally kicking in, and they do have talent on that team. People don't like to recognize that. They think it's all about quarterbacking. But I'm just saying that this is what I see. And I've heard caller after call, and all they talk about is quarterback. Dave Rothenberg still wants to tank and get a top five quarterback. Well, well, well Chris, here's here's Chris, yeah. here's the thing, yeah. and, and and I thank okay. you for the phone call. The quarterback, regardless, is going to get the most attention. He's going to get the most attention. He's going to get the most praise, and he's going to get the most criticism when things go bad. It's how it roll, right? We talk about it all the time. There's only two people involved with a professional football team. That if you look them up online, they have a win and a loss record next to their name. It's the head coach and the quarterback. That's it. You know, they don't tell you the win and the loss record for the running backs or the tight ends. They don't do that. It's the quarterback. And and, and let's be fair here with Tommy DeVito. And look, he's taken the opportunity and he has run with it and good for him. But they almost got lucky that they even got down to Tommy DeVito because it took how many guys getting hurt for him to get an opportunity? Think about it. Otherwise, he would have never seen the field, ever. But what do they say luck is? It's when opportunity and preparation meet right in the middle. And right now, he's won a few games, and he's breathed some life into what had been a lifeless franchise. Remember, guys, it wasn't even that long ago, probably a month When the Giants were coming off of those back-to-back lopsided losses to the Raiders and to the Cowboys, and we were sitting here, and the conversation regarding the Giants was, is Brian Dayball the right guy for this team? Is Brian Dayball slowly morphing into another Ben McAdoo, and he's going to be someone who takes the Giants to the playoffs in his first year, and then second year he loses control completely, and he's going to be gone? Well, now that's gone away, hasn't it? See, a lot of people have been making the comparison with Tommy DeVito about, you know, making the connection between Lynn's sanity and what that was with Jeremy Lynn and the Knicks all those years ago. And I don't necessarily, like, like seemingly somebody coming out of nowhere and making this impact and performing at the level and helping the team win and getting the city buzz. and Yeah, and even the national buzz, too. Forget about just New York City. 
The only difference I'll say is Jeremy Lin was somebody who still had a very long career in the NBA after the Knicks and after this opportunity, right? Guy signed big money contract with the Houston Rockets, left the Knicks, and then he had a couple of other stops along the way. I don't know if Tommy DeVito is, is going to be somebody starting quarterback next year, right? I don't know if he's going to leave the Giants for greener pastures or even, you know, ascend to the top of the quarterback depth chart for the Giants next year. I don't think that's happening yet. But it's a really, really fun story. And I hope that he could take this thing as long as humanly possible and get the most out of it. But I, I, I just don't think that we're like I've even seen some people bring up like the Tom Brady situation. And how Tom Brady got an opportunity, and then little by little, you know, he wasn't wowing you statistically, but the guy just won, and then, you know, the rest is history. I, I mean, come on. I don't think we got to pump the brakes a little bit here, don't you think? Ira's in Staten Island. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Ira, how are you? Uh, pretty good, Dan. How are you? And um, I tell you, I'm really looking forward to Sunday's game. Um, I got my stuff to, together, packed up, got the sunscreen, the shades, the whole thing. There bit. you go. And I look at the I look at the forecast. This is going to be the fifth game this year we're playing in the rain. It's going to rain. I didn't even look at Miami. It's going to rain on Sunday. <laughs> I'm God willing. I'm getting there Friday. It's going to rain from Friday to Monday morning. Well, it rains every day in Florida, doesn't it? So I mean, that doesn't shock me. But if it's going to rain all during no, the game, I mean, my goodness. They're talking. They're talking. You know, good steady rain. You can't make it up. And no. I'm going to the game. I think 65. I think was my first game. I never remember a season where I'm going to my fourth or fifth rain game of the year. It's just, it's insane. But getting, getting to the game, you know, it's funny. I think we're getting the Dolphins at the right time. I think we have a puncher's chance. First of all, in any case, it's hard to beat a team twice in three weeks. Mm -hmm. And the Dolphins are banged up. Like you mentioned earlier, they're coming off a horrific choke job against the Titans. Okay. Um, the offensive line's banged up. I, I think if it rains, I, as much as I want to sit in the sun, I think this plays into our hand. It's going to slow down the Dolphins. And I think we, if, if Zach could, could play somewhat, like, you know, halfway like he did last week and not turn the ball over, I think, I think we have a really good chance of winning this game. Well, you know what's going to happen, though, Ira? You're going to get a Brandon Eccles pick six. That's, that's in the bag, right? you got to guarantee that one because Brandon Eccles has the Dolphins' number when it comes to the pick sixes. And thank you very much for the phone call. He did it in Miami his rookie year in 2021. He did it uh, two weeks ago on Black Friday. That's, that, that's just how he rolls. But all kidding aside, I mean, boy, if it is going to rain for that game again on Sunday, I mean, the Jets just can't catch a break. See, what I said on Sunday afternoon – Post-game show after that Jet win over the Texans. Now do it again, right? And I'm sure that that's what the coaches and everybody in that locker room that's getting Zach Wilson and the team ready for the game, go do it again. Sunday was great, but now string these together because that's what all the good ones do. That's how you have staying power at that position in particular in the National Football League for a period of time. It's stringing one good performance after another, after another, after another. Not saying you got to go out there and be the AFC Offensive Player of the Week for a second straight week, but just go out there and play winning football. Get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Don't make costly mistakes, and maybe good things will happen. Give your defense an opportunity to go out there and get some things done. You know, that game on Black Friday, it just got out of control for the defense. That was a 10-6 game, as I said, and then that stupid Hail Mary, Fail Mary play happened. I mean, that, that doesn't go on the defense. And then the second half, it became a moot point because you know that the offense wasn't going to help them out at all, and they were just out there way too long.
Way too long. I mean, the stats through three quarters of that game were, like, laughable. Laughable. Time of possession was, like, 32 minutes and change for the Dolphins and, like, 12 minutes and change for the Jets. It's not how you win games. All right, 800-919-3776. lot more to do. Remember, we're rolling until 8.30 tonight. Then we got Knicks Jazz Basketball right here on 98.7. Dan Grasso Show, we're coming right back. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 90 more minutes of radio outstandingness coming your way. We go till 8.30. Then we got the Knicks and the Utah Jazz right here on 98.7 ESPN. At Dan Grasso's where you can... Get me on the old X. Anthony Becht is going to join us coming up in about a half hour. Talk a little NFL with him. We'll get into the basketball stuff with the Knicks and everything else percolating around the league and the latest among the hot stove rumors involving the Metropolitans and the Yankees. Boy, it doesn't look like Juan Soto is going to be unpacking that suitcase anytime soon if you go by his comments during that conference call yesterday. Jeez. He's playing it smart. He's playing it the way anybody should if you were in his situation, of course. But we're talking football right now. Let us say hi to Kenny in Queens up next here on 9870 ESPN. Kenny, how are you? Okay, Danny, you're the best. You're the best. All right, before I get to my main point, quickly on the Jets. Could yes. you imagine if they blow up that field like 1982 on Sunday? Because let's face it, these, <laughs> dolphins are, these Dolphins are desperate, Dan. And I'm telling you right now, I hate the Dolphins. I hate the Bills. I'm a big Jet fan. But I'm telling you, the Bills are going to win that division. The Dolphins are going to crack. At the end, they got a tough schedule. The Bills will win that division. You just watch. All right. Well, now, you know the thing. You know main... the thing about. You know the thing about it, Kenny. Though, first of all, the the Bills got a very difficult schedule. They got to play Dallas this week. Then they still got another trip to Miami to end the season. But if you're referring to like what happened in the Mud Bowl game with not covering up the field or whatnot, remember. The roles are reversed now. Miami's arguably the fastest team in the National Football League, so a a, a wet field, a slick field, a puddle-filled field, that's only going to hurt Miami more than the Jets, so they're going to make sure that thing is as close to 100% and dry as possible. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, now, listen, I'm reading about, uh, I don't know if it was Eli Manning or his brother, they called the agent of the Giants slimy or something like that, you know? The Manning family, especially Peyton, the our, our Jet fans got to remember, this guy didn't want to come out of college because he didn't want to play for the Jets. Then he gives us Adam Gaze as a coach. And, 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 and Dan, what right does he have to call? I mean, it's a great story, the agent Slimy. You don't say things like that. You know, these Manning family gets away with a lot, especially Peyton. I could imagine it's Eli, because Eli's a much quiet guy than his brother. But Peyton, man, I never watched their show on ESPN before the football when it on, and I'm just upset that he would say something like that when it's such a good time for the Giants. Let them have a little fun. Well, you don't Kenny, go on T uh, and say a comment like that. You know, Kenny, what I'm the saying? reason they're doing. Kenny, the reason he's saying stuff like that, and I thank you for the phone call, and, and I didn't see it live because, remember, they gave us two games at the same time, so I had to watch the, the game broadcast. I didn't get a chance to flip over to, to check out Peyton and Eli. But I guess I, I didn't see it or hear it live. Wasn't that they were referring to, like, that was his nickname once upon a time? In, what was it, in college maybe or something like that, talking about the agent? I think. 
Don't quote me on that one. But, hey, you know, it's entertainment. I mean, that's what these guys are on there for. That's why they have the show. They're supposed to be a little wacky and lose. I don't think that it was a, you know, a- anything was meant by it. I think it was said kind of in jest. But, you know, that's why you have multiple options to watch these Monday Night Football games if you don't like one particular broadcast. Neil is calling from Hell's Kitchen. He's up next here on 98.7. Neil, how are we doing tonight? Oh, glorious. Glorious. This is a fun time. All these callers are coming in saying, oh, a draft pick. Oh, we got a tank. Guys, we're not even close. Either New York team is not close to a championship. The the closest New York team to a championship wears ice skates and plays on 33rd Street. Okay? Have fun with this. Enjoy this. Everything that's going on with Tommy Cutlets, embrace it. Is he, our, is he our quarterback for the future? I don't know. Is he entertainment right now? He's fantastic. This is great. I, I can't tell you. This. We're going out there. We're hitting every Italian deli in Hoboken right now and see who has the best Tommy Cutlet sandwich. And, by the way, there's a really good one with ciabatta, prosciutto, mozzarella, and a little broccoli rabe on top. That is just excellent. If you guys see that? And you're in Hoboken. I'll tell you, and see, that's the beauty of this thing, Neil, and thanks for the phone call. You get all these great kind of joints and recipes and this and that. You know, the food and the football, they go hand in hand. So even if, I'll tell you, even if Tommy DeVito was going out there and the Giants weren't winning games and he wasn't playing well, at least if it's going to bring all this added attention on really good food, we all win. We all win. But back to what Neil was saying, and I I was kind of hitting on a little bit earlier in the show. Here's the fact of the matter, boys and girls, okay? I love football. You love football. We, nosotros, love football. You wait all damn year for the NFL season to start. Now, I'm not talking about training camp. I'm not talking about preseason. I'm talking about September, when it starts for real. You realize in four more weeks, at least as far as the Jets and the Giants are concerned, in all probability, that's going to be done with. And then you're going to have to wait eight long months to get that back again. It's the most exciting season, it's the best season, and it's also the shortest damn season. Why, oh why, oh why, would you want to rush this thing through and root for them to lose and worry about draft choices? Don't you want to get as much enjoyment out of this thing as possible? You only get 17 of these, and it's once a week. And then it's gone. I know you got the NFL playoffs in January and this and that, but then, like, February comes and there's nothing and there's it's cold and it's nasty and it gets dark at 445 and then you're going to have to, like, hang out with your family and your friends and then you're waiting for football to come back. You find things to pass the time. You miss the game, right? You want it back. Enjoy it while you still have it. Kevin and Astoria is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Kevin, how you doing? Hello, Kevin. Kevin. Hey, you, Sounds like there's Kevin, something going on in the back. Hello, Kevin. Kevin. Now we lost Kevin. It's a damn shame, too, because I thought he really made a good point or was going to make a good point. Uh, Joe is at MetLife. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, how are you? Good, boss. How you doing today? Excellent show, Darren. Listen, Joey, what is going on? You talk to me. They were back-to-back the best games I've ever seen in my entire life, Sunday and Monday night. Do you think uh, Danny, uh, I'm sorry, Tommy Cutlets has solidified a contract with the Giants? Solidified the contract for what they're paying him? The base set? Yeah. What is he making? League minimum? I, I would say he's solidified that, don't you think? 
Uh, yeah, I think. Let me let me tell you. Nice kid in person. Trust me. Best games I've ever seen. All of MetLife Stadium this year. I've been crying. I'm a diehard Giant fan. But I think he has solidified a contract either as a backup or as maybe a starter. Do you think with me? I don't know about a starter. I mean, Joe, I mean, that's really getting ahead of ourselves talking about starter. You know, here's all I'll say. If they're doing this with Tommy DeVito, if you had a healthy Daniel Jones, you mean to tell me the Giants still wouldn't be putting up these points and maybe even more, right? Because the fact of the matter is that Tommy DeVito still has some limitations or else he would have been a guy who would have been drafted. He would have been a guy who would have been competing for a starting job somewhere around the NFL instead of being stashed away on the Giants practice squad. You know, that's why sometimes, like as fans, you get a little too ahead of yourselves when it comes to these things. Just enjoy the ride. We don't have to sit here and anoint him and say he's got to live up to this and he's got to do that. You know what he's got to do? Go out there and find a way to help the Giants beat the Saints on Sunday. That's it. Because I guarantee you, a bad game is coming. All, I don't care how good you are, how great you are, how bad, all these guys eventually are going to sit there and meet their match. And there's going to be a game, whether it's the following week when, you know, you got to play the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Day, where it's going to be a nightmarish game. And then people are going to say, oh, well, that's why. I mean, I'll bring up my buddy Josh Dobbs, right? Everybody loves Josh Dobbs. Everybody thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. How many, why, oh, why, oh, why did all of these teams punt on Josh Dobbs? They all missed on Dobbs. They kept cutting them and releasing them and sending them to the street. And then voila, right? The Minnesota Vikings stumbled upon something, and he won a couple of games, and now he's back to being Josh Dobbs again. And you say, oh, that's why. That's why this happened, right? So you got to ride this thing out as long as you can. That's it. Cameron in Long Island, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Cameron, how are you? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Cam? How you doing? Um, yeah, uh, you know, with the DeVito, it's fun. I'm tuning in. People putting their butts in the seat. And let's just ride this wave. I'm like, hey, until he lose forty to zero, until the fans want him out the stadium, let him play. I, I'm watching games because it's the underdog story, and I love it. What do you think about it, I, Cameron? I, you're, you're preaching to the choir. What else are you gonna do? What else are you gonna do if you're the Giants? So seriously, if you're a Giant fan, remember when they were coming out of the bye week and Tyrod Taylor? You know, they activated him, and he was gonna be ready to go, and he was back from his injury there with the ribs. And they decided, you know what, you got to stick with the hot hand. And that's what Brian Dable and company did. They were right to do so. But if you're a Giant fan, seriously, over the last few weeks, would you rather see Tyrod Taylor play quarterback? I don't care if you're winning games, period. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is what he is at this point in his career. He's a career, I don't want to say he's a career backup. He did start some games. He helped the Bills go to the playoffs once upon a time. But essentially, at this point, he's a journeyman in his career. And he's probably going to be backing up someplace else next season, whether it's the Giants or one of the other 31 teams. But that's just run of the mill. This is exciting. This is fresh. It comes out of nowhere. It breathes a little life into these games. And even if you're not going to make the playoffs this year, at least you have something that is now watchable. And on the Jets' side, with Zach Wilson playing well, well, you know what? You get to watch an offense, at least for one week, that actually looked like an NFL offense. Remember, the Jets scored two touchdowns in the previous five games total. In five games. And they put up 30 points in one half against Houston.
Go figure. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll keep the football conversation going. Remember, Anthony Becht is going to join us at 730. We come back, though, we'll sprinkle in some Knicks here because this is a pivotal, pivotal stretch that they are about to enter on this schedule, at least to close out the month of December. Dan Gross' show, we are rolling till 830. Then it's Knicks basketball on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Calling all New York Knicks fans. Knicks Wednesdays on DoorDasher here. That means you can cheer on the Knicks against the Jazz from home with 50% off all the snacks and supplies you and your squad need. That's 50%. Just use code GONICS right now until midnight on any order, $30 or more. You can save up to $20 off your order. That's Knicks Wednesdays on DoorDash using code GONICS. Terms apply. Valid today only from 4 p.m to 1159 p.m. DoorDash is the official partner of the New York Knicks. See, that wouldn't apply if it was Thursday like I kind of feel like it's been all day because Knicks Wednesdays on a Thursday, it wouldn't go hand in hand. You see how that works? Grasses Show, 98.7 ESPN. Member Anthony Becht is going to join us in about, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, give or take. Talk a little football with him. As far as the Knickerbockers go, this is a crucial stretch for them. And I don't think I'm mincing words here because to close out the year, schedule makers really didn't do them any favors. Let's be honest with that. You're first of all down Mitchell Robinson a couple of months at least. And I know that's not the schedule maker's fault, right? You get hurt. It happens. It's unfortunate. He needed surgery. Other guys have to step up. Jericho Sims, probably he's going to be the guy in the starting lineup until now. And then Isaiah Hartenstein is going to get the bulk of the minutes like we saw the other night. But in case you're just joining us, according to reports, they haven't made it official yet. Taj Gibson's going to be coming back into the fold. Now, Taj is, you know, old man River. He's a guy who certainly knows Tibbs. Tibbs knows him. He knows New York. On the surface, you think it's a good fit, right? But it's one of those that you don't want to run it into the ground. You have to pick your spots with Taj. You know that he's going to be a good locker room guy, everything, but you're not going to ask him to go out there and play 25 minutes a night and expect some great results. That's just not going to work. So he's just a body. Mitch is down. He's going to be here. We'll see how much they can get out of it. But here's the issue with the Knicks, and this goes back to the offseason and really to how this team was constructed because we talked about it all throughout the summer. When you don't have a lot of size, like the Knicks don't, Any injury, and in this case, the Mitchell Robinson injury, is going to be felt a little bit more substantially, right? And when you have to resort to the likes of Taj Gibson, who's pushing 40 years of age, that's not ideal. Especially when you look at the Eastern Conference and the way things are right now, when you have some teams that are probably playing a hell of a lot better than maybe we all thought that they would be during the summertime, i.e. the Indiana Pacers, the Orlando Magic, teams like that. Teams that you didn't think you would have to be competing with to try to get maybe one of those top four spots in the conference standings. But here we are, right? And if you look at this road trip that they have on their hands right now, you have Utah. Okay, the Jazz stink. 
This is a game the Knicks should win tonight. They're banged up. They're not that good even when they're whole. That's number one. Then you go to Phoenix. Tough. You got both L.A. teams. Tough. Then you come back and you play Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. Always going to be a challenge in a rivalry game. You know that. Then when the road trip finally ends, you come back to Madison Square Garden and, oh, yeah, nothing much. Just back-to-back home games against the Bucks, who just put up a buck 50 on you last week, which is not fun. And then you go right back out on the road again to close out December to Oklahoma City, who has also exceeded expectations, but this time in the Western Conference. And then you go to those two other teams that I mentioned before, Orlando and Indiana, for a back-to-back to close out 2023. Oh, and then you say, Happy New Year! Yay! New Year's Day against Minnesota at Madison Square Garden, only the team who's in first place in the Western Conference. So this is disastrous potentially for the Knicks. You're sitting there right now at 13-9, and and you have, let's see, 5, 7, 10, those 11 games that I just mentioned to you. What's the Knicks record going to be in those 11 games? Down Mitchell Robinson. Because one thing we know about this Knicks team, let's face it, they're good against the teams that they should beat. Right, the average to below average teams, the Knicks roll out there and they look like the 96 Bulls. They look like the freaking dream team. But when they got to play a team that's one of the NBA elite, Milwaukee happens. Boston happens. Hell, I'm even worried about the defense they played against the Raptors the other night in Madison Square Garden. I mean, this team has given up, let's see, in the last three games, 146, 133, and 130. Are they going to play any defense whatsoever? Any? Because I don't think you're going to win a lot of these games if you can't stop the opponent from putting the damn ball in the hoop. And that goes without saying. I do like the fact that R.J. Barrett, at least the last few games, is starting to snap out of it here. Like, he's starting to look like R.J. pre-migraine R.J. Because it took him a while, even when he was healthy again, to get back into the fold. And it was like, geez, is he ever going to get it back? Now he's starting to look like the dude that he was at the beginning of the season. Because remember, first I would say eight, ten games, give or take. R.J. Barrett was like the most consistent player on the Knicks. More consistent than Brunson, more consistent than Julius Randle. And the move to put Quentin Grimes on the bench has actually yielded some returns for Grimes because everything that you hope to get out of that move is happening. A, he's getting more touches, he's getting more shots, and he's taking advantage of that. Because when he was playing with that group that included RJ and Brunson and Randall, guys who were ball-dominant players, he was basically getting the scraps. And there weren't even that many scraps. There were no leftovers. And so he would get like one, two shots, and if he missed them, he'd be on the bench. Now he's with the second unit, and he's getting more looks. So build his confidence a little bit back up. Because, look, I always say with Grimes, what he gives you offensively is a bonus. He's out there because he is your best perimeter defender. And if the offense is not going to be there for him, like it was before they made the move to bring him off the bench, you don't want to lose him down the other end of the floor. And the fact that he was letting it get into his head and he was speaking speaking up about it to the media, about how, you know, he feels that he doesn't have a long leash and if he misses a shot, Tibbs is going to yank him and he's going to be on the bench for the rest of the game. Like All those things should not be wearing on his mind when his job is to go out there and shut down the best perimeter dude on the other team. That's what you need Quentin Grimes for. 
All right? And if he's going to contribute some shots and hit some threes off the bench like he had five the other night, bonus. Bonus, bonus, bonus. See, DiVincenzo could get away with that stuff. I know that you brought him in here to also be a guy that could stretch the floor for you, but DiVincenzo's a guy that even if he is playing in that starting lineup, like now you're asking him to do, I don't think that he's somebody that's going to be completely lost if he's not getting his touches and he's not getting his shots. He will find a way to blend in. But Grimes is more valuable in that aspect and mostly on the defensive end of the floor. They need him. So, guys, you tell me. I mean, this is this is a brutal stretch, these next 11 games, right up until New Year's Day for the New York Knickerbockers. 800-919-3776. We'll also find out and see if uh, IQ was able to play tonight, too, because, remember, he was out uh, against Toronto the other night dealing with some knee inflammation. Tom Thibodeau is going to... Uh, talk to the media here in just a little bit. I guess quickly he's going through his normal pregame routine, the reports that I'm seeing from out there in Utah, so maybe that's a good sign that he'll be able to go back out there. Again, don't mess around. This is a team you should win tonight. You should beat tonight. Jazz are not any good. Go out there and get the job done. Let us say hi to John in Long Island, who is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Johnny, how are you? Good, Dan. How are you? I John, I'm good. Your, uh, I, I totally respect your knowledge about sports and the Jets in particular. I don't know I anything. Want to ask you a I want to ask you a question about Zach Wilson. Yeah. So rumors are that uh, he's going to be traded at the end of the year. Um, I think that's a colossal mistake. But did you I see where that report was from, John? I, somebody brought that to my attention. I had never heard of that outlet in all my life. I don't know if that's what? true. I can, only, I can only guess and read the writing on the wall in that he's probably going to be on another team next year. Right? I mean, I think that both parties will probably benefit from a divorce or a separation. Whatever, if it wants to be legal, a trial separation, whatever. You know what I mean? But I, 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 would, I, would, I would be pretty surprised, John, if Zach Wilson's still on the Jets next year. And I think he's going to turn out to be better than Geno Smith with the right coaching, the right offensive system, and an offensive line that can protect him. Maybe. And that's... Maybe. Uh, look, here, here's the thing we know, John, and I thank you for the phone call. He has ability. We've seen it in spurts. Hell, we saw it Sunday. You know, Joe Douglas is not a fool. All the guys that work with him in the personnel department, the scouts, they're not fools. They've seen a lot of football. They've seen a lot of football players. And they graded his tape. They watched him up close and personal, and they said, you know what, this kid can play, and that's why they used the number two pick. You see the talent. They didn't just, like, pluck him from the mall or something like that, like he won some random contest to star in a rock video. You know, they did this because they thought he could play. Unfortunately, they haven't seen it consistently enough over three years. And that's why, at the end of the season, when you turn the page to 2024 and – Barring something unforeseen, Aaron Rodgers figures to be the guy that you're going to get ready to be the starter again next season. They're probably going to be a different backup. And for Zach's sake, he probably needs to continue his NFL career someplace else. In another market, I'm not even going to say with a new staff, but just in another city altogether, maybe someplace where it isn't as demanding and the pressure and the scrutiny that you get here in New York. Not to say that he can't handle it, but kid's been beaten up a lot here in three years. And it's not like he's going out there 
and not wanting to play well and not wanting to succeed and wanting to deliberately go out there and get benched three times in the last two years. No, he wants to win as much as anybody. But sometimes, you know what? It just doesn't work out for whatever reason. There are late bloomers. Some guys need to be in a better situation with a system around them, talent. John brought up the offensive line. Whatever, whatever excuse you want to make. And with some guys it clicks, some guys it doesn't. But clearly I think Zach's final chapters of his NFL career have not been written yet. I just don't think they're going to be written in New York. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Because one thing we really haven't seen from Zach, and I, I mentioned this earlier, we've seen the glimpses. We just haven't seen it consistently enough. And that's why Sunday in Miami is another big opportunity. That game you had against Houston, do it again against the Dolphins. On the road, division opponent, first place team. That'll open up a lot of eyes to 31 other teams, I can promise you that, the better he plays down the stretch. All right, we come back. We'll dive into the football a little bit deeper. Our good pal Anthony Beck will join us, talk a little Jets, Giants, and everything else brewing around the National Football League. Grasso Show for another hour. Then we got Nick's Jazz here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. A lot of football tonight, as you would expect, and we'll continue the conversation now with our pal. You hear him each week, part of our Jet pregame coverage, former tight end for the New York Jets, of course. He is... Anthony Beck. A.B., how are things down in Florida, my friend? Oh, it's good, Dan. Good to be on, brother. How are you? Not too bad. Um, probably not experiencing the Tommy DeVito craze down in Florida, I would assume. But what do you make of what you've seen of this guy and the way that he and the Giants have kind of ridden this momentum here for the last few weeks? I mean, you know, I, it's 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 amazing, honestly. I you know, I think it's 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 pretty cool on all levels. Um, you know, just the, the the football side and the and the non football side. Obviously, having a little Italian blood. Uh, you know, watching those things uh, between the the cutlet sandwiches at the, in the pregame uh, uh, in the parking lot and the, all the sidelines and the and the suits and and the family. I think it's uh, it's interesting, but I'll give the kid credit. You know, uh, they have a nice plan. He does a decent job. He clearly, you know, he can move around too, which helps. And you know, he's He's done enough, obviously, to, to win, uh, what, three games straight now. So, um, you know, listen, I, I think it's good for him. You know, obviously he's a guy that, quite frankly, probably would have never stepped on the field at any point maybe in his career. And now he may have elongated his entire career now, maybe two, a decade now, just because of what he's done in a backup role. Absolutely. It's a phenomenal story here. And, and I think if you, t- if you take a step back from that in particular – you know, you don't have to go that far behind to think where this Giants team was, right? Remember, they were coming off of those back-to-back losses to the Raiders and to the Cowboys, and they were ugly. And they were 2-8, and eight, and everybody was wondering, well, you know, what's Brian Dayball's future? Is he losing control of the team? I think more importantly, that's what I look to, Anthony, is that he's been able to kind of steady this ship a little bit. And who knows what the last four weeks are going to be like, but it does go to show you that he's got a handle on this football team in the locker room in particular. It seems like it. It seems like the guys are kind of buying into what he's selling. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, it all has to do with your play on the field. And like I said, the plan's good around him. He executes it at a very good level here the last couple weeks. And, and uh, again, they're in a conversation. The season's not dead, right? They're not mathematically out of anything. So uh, it makes for some interesting football if you're a Giants fan. 
you've been on teams certainly that probably got off to bad starts like the Giants did and then maybe got something going late in the year and maybe finished a little bit strong even though you might have missed out on the playoffs. Does that serve as a springboard into the offseason, into next year potentially, or does one season really not have anything to do with how things are going to be the following year? Yeah, I don't think so just because it's a different quarterback. I mean, obviously, you know, Daniel Jones is going to be the guy and, you know, he's not out there right now. So, you know, all, all expectations are that, you know, Daniel's going to be okay. But, you know, we saw obviously in the start of the season with, with guys nicked up and the line battered. And, and it looks like that's a, a, everybody's got that issue now at offensive line. Who can function the best? And, and it wasn't really functioning great. So I think you kind of got to look at it on, on two sides of the spectrum is what was kind of there when, when, when everything was in place versus, you know, kind of what you got cooking now. And, of course, the main position is going to be switched out. So I'm not saying Tommy DeVito obviously is, is a better quarterback candidate, but if it's not, that's not the issue. It's just how it actually looks, uh, you know, through the season if Daniel Jones was still playing. And, and I think that's kind of no one knows. So, um, again, it's, it's going to be a, lot, a little bit of pressure in general just next year, you know, for Daniel, obviously, and then this football team to kind of, okay, made the playoffs in the first year, second year, didn't have a great start, but man, we found the flow, you know, how, how do you put it all together and actually start off to a good start and, and get the team going? That, that'll that be uh, a lot of angst, I think, as, as far as just the, the organization and, and, of course, Daniel Jones, you know, trying to put those wins together. We don't know where they're going to finish. We don't know where they're going to be drafting, you know, how they're going to finish. But if you're Joe Shane, knowing that Daniel Jones, the way the contract is structured, you, you have him here for one more year at least, and then he could wave goodbye and not have to get hit with a punitive charge or anything like that. Are you in the market come draft weekend to bring in another quarterback, potentially Daniel Jones' successor? Is that what you think the priority should be for the Giants? Yeah, man, that's a tough call. You know, uh, you, know you really like somebody, you know, it really doesn't matter what you have, right? Um, you know, it's, it's always about winning now. I think that's the mentality. I think when you signed up Daniel Jones for the contract, you believed in something, and I think you got to stick with your guns there and, and kind of say, okay, is there is there piece or pieces that we can pluck and put in free agency draft to really take this team to the next level? Or, okay, are we not sure? If you're not sure, then that's where you kind of lean on looking at a quarterback. But I think no matter where you are in the draft, in the top ten, we don't know how it's all going to shake out. If you, you feel great about this one guy, a lot of other teams may not feel the same just because of the number of quarterbacks that are going to be looked at in this upcoming draft. So, yeah, I think it's never off the table. But I also believe in the fact that, okay, if they committed themselves to Daniel Jones, then they got to feel something about, okay, let's put the pieces together to make it work. And I think that's how they look at it, you know, heading into next season. But you're right, coming off an injury and things of that nature, man, it really does change a lot of things. But, but man, it's a, you're, you're, you're kind of semi-invested in what Daniel Jones bring to the table, even though you said – He's got that one year that he can kind of they can move on from it, but it is a tough deal. There's no question. You, you got to love a guy. If you love him, then he's on the table. Anthony Beck joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, talking a little football with him. Let's flip over to the Jets here, and I guess the simple question: How does a team that scored two touchdowns over five games put up 30 points and a half on Sunday? It's a great question. I mean, uh, you know, Zach obviously made some plays uh, outside of the box offensively, uh, in particular the second half. I thought he came out really hot, honestly. First couple passes were, were really nice throws by him and, uh, you know, looked comfortable. I, you know, there, were, there didn't look like there was any kind of pressure or, 
you know, he was out there kind of like trying to do things. I just think he played his game. So, uh, you know, why now does it look like that versus what it was before with the same kind of shaky line and, and everything else, um, you know, he was just able to go out there and make plays. Now, where it plays different, where they, you know, everybody's talking about, well, coach, you know, let's let him rip it. Well, well what was different? I mean, what, was he being controlled? Was he a, a kind of make make to be that robotic quarterback in, in, the, in the start of the season where it didn't look great? Or, you know, is there actually a difference in what they were doing? I mean, you know, you can point a lot of fingers on why the train didn't kind of go in the first 10 or so games. Uh, when he was in there playing. But, you know, listen, he was ready to go. He came out. He played a good game. He won. Man, you would think, man, just, just looking off that, if the team plays two good quarters of football with the defense they had and they're able to, you know, win 30 to whatever, man, that's like only two good quarters of offense could have could have made the difference this year or yeah. a couple other games. So, again, uh, you know, hopefully I'd like to see him put a couple performances together. I think clearly that that's going to be the biggest uh, narrative moving forward for for him, but I think you know there is no pressure for him at this point. Uh, it's kind of house money being already benched and now coming back. But it, but it is a little bit of frustration, I think, if you're a fan for what you were just alluding to there, because as you said, when you see that type of a performance on Sunday or the way that he played, for example, against the Kansas City Chiefs, you sit there and you're trying to rack your brain and you're saying, where was this all year? Like, why couldn't you do? I'm not saying even play at that level, but just even like half of that. And then maybe we'd be talking about a Jet team that would have a couple of extra wins in their pocket and maybe have an eye on the playoffs this year. It's just it, it, it's got to be maddening to a certain degree because it's there, but they haven't been able to unleash it consistently. I think the mentality going into the stretch early on was, you know, don't mess it up, don't mess it up. Let's try to do the basic necessity at the position, manage, and let our defense go out there and, and keep it close and give us a chance in the fourth quarter. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, you, it was so inept offensively that each week that went by where it wasn't successful, it almost got worse and worse because you were scrambling and the messaging and everything was just going out of whack. And then you had the line and then other issues came into play where you couldn't kind of bounce back from it. So, yeah, I think the way and the mentality maybe they went out in that game from an offensive standpoint was much different way different really than the mindset that they had earlier. So the, the plan kind of backfired initially on, because you didn't want to, you know, you were hesitant. Do we, how much do we give Zach? How much do we let him go out there and play? How much do we let him let it loose, you know, and just let him do his thing? I don't think anybody thought in the building that he was a much better player from the past, but they all thought he was an improved player up to the point where Aaron Rodgers had gotten hurt. So how much do you really play into that and say, okay, just let them go do it. And I think initially they felt like the best way to go about it was not allowing him to go out like that, kind of almost controlling the narrative of how, how he was going to play. And I, I just don't, that's, that's not how you get the most out of Zach, even though it's been a struggle to get the most out of Zach. Clearly saw that in this past weekend's games. Um, where, you know, again, he made some off-kilter play. He did some things off script and, and made some things happen, and, and his ball placement was really good. So, you know, whatever they did moving forward, they just keep doing that. But clearly the secret sauce was not there in the first, you know, nine, ten games of the season. Do you think they're getting the Dolphins at a good time here, or is it too tough to say? You know, they're coming off of a game that they should never have lost. Um, short week, you know, Tyreek Hill banged up a little bit. You don't know about his status. Do you think, and, and the fact you played this team just a couple of weeks ago, do you think that this is the perfect time maybe to get the Dolphins? 
you know what? The only team I trust to consistently come out and do something at a at a consistent level right now is the 49ers. So yeah, I, other than them, I, I, do you really go out and trust that every other team in the league can go out there and win the game because they're the favorite? I just don't believe that. Uh, I don't think anybody's that good. I really do believe there's a, a, a tremendous amount of parity between good the good teams outside of 49ers and some of the bad teams, and anybody can be beaten. So, yeah, got to go on the road. That's tough. Coming off a loss for the Dolphins, right? So, you know, all of those th- those things are factors on, you know, making it a little tougher. But clearly, you know, the, the Dolphins, as good as they may have been, I just don't know if they've really beaten anybody with authority uh, that are a top tier, considered a top tier team in the league. So um, they've taken care of business of maybe the teams they should beat. Now the Jets are in that mode and they're at right. home. So will we see that team? But I, I believe that yeah, they can be beaten. The Jets can beat them. They have enough to beat them. Uh, but again, you're battling some of those other uh, things out there playing away and things that I just mentioned. So yeah, they're beatable. Absolutely. Yeah, it is amazing how Miami, all those victories, it's against teams that they should beat, teams with losing records. I mean, right now, if you look at the, the resume as a whole, their best win is probably Denver because Denver has finally crept above the 500 mark. But, you know, at the time, Denver was a mess, and they put up 70 points against them. I, I, I know we still have four games left, and you mentioned San Francisco, so I think that that's I, your answer on the NFC side. But can you pick a team right now that you have the most faith in on the AFC side the rest of the way? Just the Ravens, to me, just now, because, you know, Lamar Jackson is just so versatile. You know, he can just get you out of so much trouble, right, because he's got other options outside of his arm. Um, and they got a really good defense. So, you know, those combinations are dangerous. But, you know, clearly with just Lamar's ability to just run and move, you know, he's stepped in his passing game is, is just as good as any some of the better quarterbacks in the league. And he's got more weapons now. But still, the difference maker to me is his legs because you can't play both, right? When you're in that, that extension of a play and it goes over the, the two-and-a-half-second threshold, you better get around him and get him down, because if not, he'll kill you on the move on the throw and he'll kill you on the move. So, yeah, I think they're the team right now consistently that you would say, okay, they're the ones that have been playing tight, close games, duking it out last week versus the Rams. You know, Rams kind of had them. They were playing well, coming off three straight wins. You know, they went in there and made it tough for them. They found a way to get it done. Uh, so I just think right now the Ravens are probably the team that, that I would pinpoint today that, that could be that team in the AFC. Yeah, it's funny how you say today because the way this season has gone, you and I could be having this conversation in two weeks and it could be two completely different teams just with the up-and-down nature into the parity like you speak of there. That's that's what makes us coming back for more. That's the case. A.B., thanks for a couple have of minutes, my friend. Have we been talking about the big Rutgers news today? Has that been a part of the show yet? I, I heard a big extension was put in place. <laughs> For, for the for the six and six Rucker Rucker Scarlet Knights is that I, so you're gonna throw the six and six in my face so let me no, let me refresh people. Say, it's a, that's that's an exciting season <laughs> I'm assuming everybody everybody feels like hey that that's where where we need to be I you know so they they, they get an extent I listen I, you know hey Shiano is Rutgers football don't get me wrong but man I'll tell you it's you know that's that's a heck of an upgrade there for uh, for for the kick the head ball coach. I know. I, I, you know what? I'm shocked I didn't hear from you sooner. I, 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 I'm shocked that it needed until we were on the air. I thought that my phone was going to be blowing up. And, yeah, for those that don't know, Coach Ciano sticking on the banks till 2030, contract extension, going to the bowl game this year against Miami. Here's what I'll say to you and to all the naysayers out there. Just remember what it was before he came back again. That's all I got to say. No, there's no doubt. Now, clearly, uh, you know, I mean, that was Rutgers like football. Pop Warner garbage. 
I mean, let's be real. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like what the, what is the standard now for what the expectation levels are in the Big Ten because it's such a tough conference. I'll say this, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see next year, right? I, from what yeah. I remember, no Ohio State, no Michigan, no Penn State, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. UCLA so, and USC. So we, should, we, should, <laughs> we should see a bump. We should see a subtle bump, right? We're looking – should we expect with a lot of guys, it looks like a lot of pieces are back, seven, eight oh. wins? I mean, that, is that the expectation level? You're, you're the Rutgers guy. No, I'm just putting it out there. I don't know. I'm tell- Hey, seriously, like every guy that you would think about may come back, may leave. It seems like every guy is coming back next year to run this thing back. So you're damn right. We're going at least seven, eight wins next year. That's what we're going for. It's, it's, on, it's on the record. Either way, you know, Coach Gianno, all these coaches deserve what they can get. So. Uh, I'm in the same boat right now, so uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I got you down now. We got it on video, uh, on on recording now. Seven seven should be eight. That's that's Let's what we're looking it. for. Heading into a bowl game next year. I love it. Got to keep raising the standard. That's the way we roll. AB, <laughs> thanks for a couple, my friend. I appreciate you. You got it, brother. Take care. All right, be good. There's Anthony Becht, and yes, Coach Chiano sticking around for a good number of years. Still building. Keep building. Keep chopping. That's how we roll. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We come back. Oh, we got to talk about it. What in the hell is wrong with Draymond Green? We'll try to get to the bottom of it. Dan Grasso Show, ninety eight seven ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Calling all New York Knicks fans. Knicks Wednesdays on DoorDash are here. That means you can cheer on the Knicks against the Jazz from home with fifty percent off all the snacks and supplies you and your squad need. That's fifty percent. Just use code Go right now until midnight on any order. $30 or more. You can save up to $20 off your order. That's Nick's Wednesdays on DoorDash using code GONIX. Terms apply. Valid today, only 4 p.m. to 11.59 p.m. DoorDash is the official partner of the New York Knickerbockers. Remember, we got Nick's basketball coming up at 8.30 as they take on the Utah Jazz. Let's say hi to Artie in Brooklyn, who's up next on 98.7. Art, how are you? Hey, Dan, what's going on? Oh, they- you know, I, I mean, I'm watching the game Sunday, and of course I'm, I'm going for the Jets, and I want Zach to do well. But it would be, normally, it would be to do well for next year. For now, I'm thinking, just like everybody else, like, you got to go, you got to let him go, and just, you know, you can't have him back. It's just, it's just too much of a mess. But my questions are for how the team is built. Like, you get Hardman, and he doesn't see the field. Mm-hmm. You get Lazard, and he can't – he doesn't get a look. He doesn't get a target. How is that possible? And then on third down and one and fourth down, okay, they need one yard. And they, they have Hall, and they got this guy Bowman. He, he, um, Beck was just talking about the Ravens. I know what the Ravens are going to do. I watch the Bills games. I know what they're going to do. I know what the Eagles are going to do. We run jet sweeps. I mean, you can't win games. I mean, it worked. So nobody's saying anything. But we're running an offense on third and one with nobody in the backfield. Yeah. How is that going to win in AFC East football? How does that win? Well, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And Art, I hear what you're saying, and thanks for the phone call. Hey, they scored a touchdown on a jet sweep last Sunday with the Xavier Gibson one. You know, trying to get your playmakers with speed in space, get the defense off their toes a little bit. But, look, when you're 5-8, and eight, 
there's a lot of things that you wish you could do over again. It goes without saying, for the Jets and for the Giants. And there's, look, when you have a season like the Jets have had, and barring a miracle, it's not going to end the way that they wanted it to, there's going to be a long, hard look and tough conversations probably once the offseason arrives, which probably being another month. And it's not just going to be as simple as, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be healthy and he's going to be your quarterback next year and he's going to solve everything. It's not the way it works. They have to fix up a lot of areas on this football team. All right, half hour still to play with. Then we got Knicks basketball at 830. We come back. We got to get into the Draymond Green nonsense, which reared its ugly head again last night. We'll also get into some hot stove baseball rumors, too. Plus your phone calls. Gross until 830. Then it's the Knicks on 987 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Knicks and Jazz coming up at the bottom of the hours. They kick off their West Coast trip. You can get me on X at Dan Grasa. Remember, tomorrow night, full show right after TMKS, and it's going to be our last 6.30 show for 2023 because then starting on Friday, it's going to be me and Donnie holding down TMKS for six straight days, and then we take a little R&R going into the new year. So I, I, the Draymond Green situation is getting, I mean – if it isn't comical, preposterous up until now, I don't know what you want to call it. And just as I'm about to get into it here, literally while we were in commercial, our pal Woj reporting that the NBA has made a decision on Draymond Green's future, at least kind of, sort of, because the report from Woj is that the NBA is suspending Draymond Green. There you go. Breaking news. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Indefinitely. It is an indefinite suspension, which, you know what? I don't know what indefinite is going to be. None of us do. Once all is said and done and we get an exact number on it, then we can make – because, look, it could be an indefinite suspension today on December the 13th, and then we find out he misses seven games, and what is that going to prove? I think the NBA needs to send a very, very strict message to this guy that this crap isn't going to be tolerated anymore, nor it should. I mean, it's ridiculous what has happened. And how this just continues to fester with this guy. And it's always an excuse. It's always this. And he doesn't apologize. And he's not remorseful. Last night he goes up there. And he's somewhat remorseful because he knows how much of an ass he looked like. And he knows that it's plain as day right there on film. And that he's not going to be able to talk his way out of this one. And even the explanation that he tried to give. That he's, you know, oh, you know me and you know the way that I like to play. I try to sell the call. What call were you trying to sell? Nurkic barely had a hand on him. Barely. So what was the call? And then just spastically out of nowhere, you just fling your entire arms around while you're making a closed fist, by the way, and just conveniently or accidentally connect with the side of his face? This is the same dude, remember, that a month ago, or not even, choked out Rudy Gobert on a court for all the world to see, and got suspended five games. So if you know that you have that on you and that you've already stepped out of line in this given season before we even turn the page to the next calendar year of the same NBA campaign, this is the crap you're going to pull again? So, yeah, indefinite suspension, great, but let me see what it is. Adam Silver, give him 20 games. Joe Dumars, give him 20 games. Maybe he'll get the message then. Hit him where it hurts in the wallet and let him sit for a quarter of a season. Maybe that'll get the message across because sure as hell nothing else will. Hell, he helped cost his team a championship for crying out loud once upon a time. You would think that would get the message home, but obviously it didn't. Obviously it didn't. 
Here was Draymond last night giving his side of the situation. He was pulling my hip, and I was swinging away to sell the call, made contact with him. As you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir, because I didn't intend to hit him. I sell calls with my arms. I don't fall or to sell a call. I don't, I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the call because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away, and unfortunately, I hit him. And so, like I said, I apologize to you, sir, because I didn't intend to hit him. He wasn't grabbing your hip. Go back and look at the replay. Look at the angles. He barely had a hand on him. How was he grabbing your hip? And anybody believes this crap is, I mean, really. And obviously the NBA doesn't if they're going to suspend him indefinitely here. I mean, this has been a decade of this stuff. A decade. Here was Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, on the ejection. Yeah, we need him. We need Draymond. But, you know, he knows that. We've talked to him. And you got to find a way to keep his poise and, and be out there for his, his teammates. Coach, last time you talked about Draymond not crossing the line. How, what, what can be done to, to stop this from continuing to happen? Um, we'll keep working. <laughs> See, Steve Kerr's in a tough spot. I don't envy Steve Kerr. Because, look, he knows exactly what the hell went on. Even though it was funny about Steve Kerr, because I actually hung around last night after the game. Because I wanted to see the postgame and what these guys had to say when they had to get the questions from the media. Steve Kerr began the press conference by saying that he didn't see the replay yet. I mean, Steve, come on. Who in God's name believes that? You mean to tell me you didn't see the replay? But Steve Kerr, conveniently enough, when it's one of his guys who's on the receiving end of a somewhat you know, cheap play, of course he's going to be the first one to look at the replay. Like, remember when Dylan Brooks, quote-unquote, broke the code. And those are Steve Kerr's words, not mine, with Gary Payton once upon a time. He watched that replay, right? When Marcus Smart went diving for a loose ball and he ended up taking out Steph Curry, he saw that replay. But last night he didn't see the replay? Stop. Stop, stop, stop. But Steve Kerr has to walk that fine line because he doesn't want to risk alienating one of his best players and possibly saying something that maybe is going to divide that room. And oh, by the way, Warriors aren't a championship team anymore. They're old. They're slow. I mean, a couple of these guys who are going to be holding. I mean, Clay Thompson, especially, and I don't want to pick on him. He's been through a lot with the injuries. Clay Thompson looks shot. Shot. So this is not a championship team anymore, and Kerr is probably trying to hold this thing together as best as he possibly can because he knows that they don't have a chance in hell of winning a championship. And the guy who got the worst of it, of course, last night was Nurkic. Let's hear his explanation of how it all went down. What's going on with him? I don't know. Personally, I feel like that brother needed help. You know, I'm glad he not tried to choke me, but... At the same time, and nothing to do with basketball, man. Like, I'm just out there trying to play basketball. You know, they're swinging. I think we saw that often, but um, hope he, you know, whatever he got in his life, get better. Yeah, he needs help. I mean, that's obvious. He, he he needs help. He freaking needs help. And I don't know if he sought out that help. I know he's been suspended a million times by the NBA over the years, but has he actually gotten help? I don't know. But maybe he needs more. And that's not something to sneeze at. Because what this guy's doing right now, I mean, thank God. Thank God these dudes are not getting injured any more than they potentially could. You know, Yusef Nurkic, Rudy Gobert, these guys are like seven-footers. But, I mean, you pull the – he's received counseling. Okay, well, he's going to. Well, you know what? He needs it, and it might help him. But he does something like that to guys like, you know, to the average Joe, God forbid. I mean, that's assault. You're going to jail. 
But on a basketball court, you choke a seven-footer, you, you, you have a closed fist, and you, you, you clothesline a seven-footer, they're going to go down. It's still going to hurt, but maybe they get up and walk away from it with minimal damage. Not the average person. And why should you get to act like that just because you're a basketball player and you make millions of dollars and you're on TV every day? That's not right. What an absolute disgrace. It really and truly is. I mean, the NBA got to get its act together. Stop worrying about your stupid in-season tournament and how much you know people love that and falling all over themselves, drinking cocktails, and, oh, look, people are watching the NBA in December. Ha, 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 we're geniuses. Worry about that you got a guy in the court who can't friggin' control himself. How about that? That's step one. Worry about your in-season tournament. Hey, Warriors play on Christmas Day, right? You can explain that one away on Christmas Day? When Tiny Tim is sitting at the table carving the turkey and they're watching the Warriors on Christmas Day and they're going to explain, you know, hey, Mommy, Daddy, why isn't Draymond Green playing? Well, Draymond decided to, you know, slug a player in the NBA and got suspended for the 20th time in his career. That's a good Christmas conversation, right? And by the way, speaking of, it's amazing how Like, the NBA, the biggest problem the NBA has, or one of the biggest problems the NBA has, and this is nothing new, it's been going on like this for years, is that they've now had to incentivize guys to actually want to play. Right? That's part of the reason why this stupid in-season tournament thing came to light, because they have to almost convince guys who are making millions and millions and millions of dollars to go out there and actually want to play, instead of this load management crap. So... You have fans paying a lot of money to come watch these teams and to watch their favorite players, especially when you consider that if you have a star player on a team that, let's say, is on a road trip and he goes to play a club in another conference where he's only going there once a year, so you have one chance to see that guy. And Nikola Jokic has now been ejected twice this season on the road in a city that he's only going to be in one time a year. And they were not legitimate ejections. They were quick whistles. It was in Detroit earlier this season, and then last night it happens in Chicago. Like, what are we doing? You know, we're not talking about somebody like pulling the antics of Draymond Green. But these referees, again, want to make it about themselves. I mean, look, we see it, it seems like, in the NFL, too, where they're way too quick to throw the flags. These guys got to chill out when it comes to the whistles. People are paying money. They don't want to pay money to see the officials throw stars out of the game when it's really not warranted. Those were two quick tees, very quick. Here's Nikola Jokic after the game talking about his ejection. Can you explain what happened there to get ejected? I don't know. Uh, it is what it is. I'm just happy that we didn't play in Serbia this game. It's going to be really fun to see how it ended. You know, so it was interesting, you know. It is what it is. Some guys can say whatever. I think sometimes what I said is not even a technical, so it is what it is. Did you ask him, hey, did, where did I cross the line here? Did you say anything to that? No, I crossed the line, but sometimes that, that war doesn't cross the line, so it is what it is. Were you frustrated about the no call on the other end? I think, you know, it is what it is, so I don't want to get... Uh, my mind like my money, so I'm not going to say whatever. It, it, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. Now, here's a statement that the NBA put out, by the way. This is just moments ago regarding the Draymond Green suspension. Uh, Warriors forward Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely for striking Phoenix Sun center Yusef Nurkic in the face. It was announced today by Joe Dumars. This outcome takes into account Green's repeated history of unsportsmanlike acts. 
Um, green suspension will begin immediately. He'll be required to meet certain league and team conditions before he returns to play. And Woj also uh, is reporting that Draymond, uh, Warriors GM Mike Dunleavy Jr. and Green's agent Rich Paul are expected to meet Thursday to start discussing a path of counseling and help for Green to move forward. Sources said the league didn't want to put a specific number on the suspension, but allow Green to take the time he might need to deal with the challenges he's facing. Well, if that's the case, okay, this is the same. Isn't this the same stuff that John Morant that they did the first time around when he got his first suspension and then he decided to go to counseling and then all was right with the world. And then that second uh, episode took place and that's what cost him a quarter of the season to begin this year. So the NBA is good at this stuff. It's almost like the NBA wants to slap these guys on the wrist and say, like, well, we want to punish you and let you know that you were wrong for doing this. But at the same time, they realize, well, these are noteworthy star players that we want to make sure are at the games, that are on TV, so people are going to watch them and pay their money to come see them. You can't have it both ways. can't have it both ways. You can't allow the player and his agent to sit there and map out a recommended suspension. Otherwise, what's the point of having any sort of authority, right? Let the league decide. That's what you're paying these, that's what Joe Dumars is paid for. It's what Adam Silver is paid for. Let them make the tough decisions. They're the ones in charge. They run the league, not the agent, not the player, and certainly not the team. Let the league do their job. 800-919-3776. We'll close it out on the phones next. Grasso till 8.30, then it's the Knicks on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, full show for us tomorrow. It's going to be our last show of 2023, at least in this spot. Let's say hi to Gabriel in Brooklyn up next here on 98.7. What's up, Gabe? How you doing? Hey, Dan. How you doing tonight, man? Good, Gabe. What's up? Listen, man. Listen, the only, re- the only reason um, Draymond Green is doing the stuff that he's doing because nobody in check is transcribed. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying to you is like, you need a guy on your bench that you know that's not really going to play in the games or whatever. Trash time come, you put him in the game. When he start acting up, you let him have a couple of elbow across the lip, then he'll start acting like that. He's acting like he, you know, he's acting like some of the guys like in the eight, eight, eighties and nineties basketball. He ain't, he ain't no Dennis Rodman or those type of dude, bro. He's only doing that because these guys are letting him getting away with it. And as far as people saying he's going to go to counseling. You don't need no costume. What you need costume for? For playing, being a bully on the basketball court? You don't know you ain't supposed to do that? You don't know you're supposed to play the I understand it's playing the game physical, but when you're trying to hurt people and stuff like that, you don't need costume for that. You're only doing that because other players let you get away with that. The minute somebody check them, I bet you'll be different. It's funny. Right? I mean, Gabe, you're not wrong because, you know, it doesn't happen that way. And, and thank you for the phone call. You know, because case in point, right, so much is said about the way the game used to be those battles back in the day, you know, the 80s, the 90s, where teams weren't buddy-buddy with one another. You know, you had teams winning playoff series, walking off the court, not even shaking hands with one another. Now, after every friggin' game, everybody goes out there like they're all part of the same family, like hugging everybody and, oh, and, and whispering in, you know, sweet nothings into each other's ears. I mean, it doesn't look like uh, these guys actually want to go out there and beat the other team. I'm not saying you should go out there and start a war with one another, but there, all that rivalry type stuff, all that animosity that used to happen on the court, it's only selective now. Not like it used to be. And that's the You know what's, what, what cracks you up, too, is like everybody, you know, wants to talk about how there's just like one big family, one big brotherhood and this and that. And you have this one guy who's going out there and like trying to almost intentionally injure guys. 
right? Almost intentionally trying to inflict pain on certain guys in this league. But aren't they part of the brotherhood too? Aren't they part of the family? That's where I lose the message. Like years ago, remember when Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and them, they were still part of Oklahoma City. And you had that conference finals between OKC and Golden State when the Warriors were in their, like, initial dynasty run there. And Oklahoma City had them dead to rights. They were up three games to one. And then you had Draymond Green well off and kick Steven Adams in the you-know-where. And how did, how did the Oklahoma City Thunder respond to that? Well, actually, they just completely whittled away and let Golden State win that series and come back from 3-1 down. But the best player on the team decided to, in the summertime, go join Golden State and go help them win championships or help himself win a championship, either way you want to look at it. It's a different time. It's a different world when you're talking about this sport. Plain and simple. Real quick on the baseball, because I wanted to squeeze this in here before we said goodbye. As far as the Yamamoto pursuit is concerned, Mets and Yankees are still in the mix, but we're not any closer to a decision yet. It's Mets, it's Yankees, Red Sox are said to be in the mix, and of course the Dodgers. I mean, this could shape up to be one of these off-seasons where the Dodgers become the most hated team maybe in all of sports. Because they already got Otani with that Fugazi contract where they're paying them basically peanuts for 10 years, which is going to allow them to go out there and bring in more high-end talent like potentially Yamamoto. Sounds like they're already getting closer to acquiring Tyler Glasnow from the Tampa Bay Rays. And I understand that Glasnow is only one more year on his deal and he could get hurt any five minutes, it seems like, because that's just been his M.O. But he's got great stuff. He's got great stuff. And so for the Dodgers to be able to bring in another guy like that, It's like the rich keep getting richer. But the Yamamoto thing is going to be interesting because I want to see how this thing transpires and how he decides to play it. Mets are offering the most money by far. They're going to be able to outbid anybody. But does he really want to go play for the Mets? Because if he wants to come for New York, well, then why wouldn't the Yankees be a destination? Yankees carry a little bit more clout globally. Yankees are a global brand. The Mets are not. Hate to say it, but it's the truth. And then you have this this theory out there that Japanese players don't want to necessarily play with other Japanese stars. And you have Kodai Senga, who's on the Mets. You don't even know if Yamamoto wants to play with Otani now that he's with the Dodgers. All this stuff is being reported. We don't know what's true, what's not. But we're going to get our answers soon. That's for darn sure. You're going to get Knicks basketball even sooner. That's coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow at 6.30. Thanks to Harvey. Thanks to Julian. Thanks to Anthony Beck. Gross is saying so long on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>